0: Like I never told you. a good
1: Wednesday morning. And uh, my question for everybody, and, and I think OB can answer it in a different way, but uh, when did you get on this baseball train? I'm curious to think about, uh, you know, there's a lot of you who are baseball lifers, and you're thinking to yourself, I've always been on this team. I always thought they were going to do great. But at what point did you know, all right, this team is going places deeper than we thought? Uh, For the casuals out there, when did you start following this team? Um, Was it SEC play? Was it during the uh, conference tournament? Maybe it was just this past weekend against TCU. When did you start believing and when did you get on the train um, that is going to hopefully be going to Omaha here in in a week or so? I ask you that. Uh, You can be a part of the conversation by calling us up on the uh, BCSI hotline, 979-693-1150, or texting us on the AMB text line. 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. a a college station branch of the Amarillo National Bank. Good Texas Banking, the website is ANB.com. And then the other question I'm asking you folks, um, which SEC team is going to make the biggest leap in 2022? We'll get into that here on Texas ags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, as we begin the go hour in the Rollo Insurance Studio with OB. Good morning, OB. Good morning. So the baseball train. At yeah. what point did you were you thinking this team really might get a super regional, really might make it to the College World Series?
2: April sixteenth.
1: You just looked it up?
2: Well, I knew the the game. Okay. Uh because I was on vacation. And I was in Savannah, Georgia, mm. and I was keeping up with the A and M Georgia series. And uh April sixteenth, the day they won twenty three to nine. Yep. And they uh won that series and, and at the time Georgia was being I can't remember what they were ranked but they were ranked really high and Georgia was considered you know a, a, a team that might even be a college world series contender yep. and, all. and I remember thinking wow to blow them out like that and win the series at Georgia I think that's a great answer that's
1: not my answer but that that is is surrounding my answer and uh mine is the Arkansas series which happened Right after the Georgia series. So the Georgia series happens, and I'm like, wow, this team's real. Right? They play DBU. Hmm. Then they take care of business against Arkansas. Now they're starting that real tough stretch, which I think was Vandy, and I forget who was after Vandy. Um, But that's, I think, the Arkansas. South Carolina. South Carolina. That Arkansas series is where I'm like, this team is going places. They may be a national seed. There's still some things that have to play out right, but they, that's where it, it changed for me. Yes, the Georgia game, especially 23-9, to nine, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that made you think, man, on any given night, this team can explode for 23 runs, right?
2: I think that there's probably multiple answers to this. Uh, some people are going to say maybe that day they uh, beat Texas. Maybe so. Or maybe when they beat Kentucky in a, in a series. You know, or uh, maybe when they were down 9 nothing to South Carolina. And came back. Came back and won that one. (laughs) It was a crazy game. And maybe it was LSU. Maybe
1: Maybe when you go on the road and you win that first game, you're like, hey, we're here.
2: Yeah, won that series on the road. Won the first two games, right? Yeah. So... um, But for me, uh, I can remember that day and seeing that scoring going... It's crazy uh, to to beat Georgia like that. These, you know, they're 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 coming around, and I remember that made an impression on me.
1: Well, you think about the schedule that they played just in the SEC alone, and the teams that I mean, how many teams are still left? Five teams. Five,
2: and I think three of them lost their the third game by one run. Yeah,
1: five of eight. That's a lot. Yeah. That's, I don't. Last time I checked, that's more than half.
2: That would be more than half. Okay, just make it sure.
1: They are they are playing great baseball, um, and and maybe they're not playing great baseball. Let me rephrase that. They're they're playing winning baseball. Winning baseball—that's a good way to put it. Because sometimes the fielding isn't up to par. Sometimes the pitching isn't up to par. Sometimes the offense takes a little while to get going. But guess what? It's gonna get going.
2: Yeah, they're kind of like uh, I don't know how to exp- describe that offense. It's. It's, uh, you know, it's like a huh, – I don't want to use the time bomb. It's the dam that's breaking. The dam that's breaking. Yeah. It's like the button on a fat man's pants.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I don't follow that Was Pardon? The, is it about the break? The
2: button Oh, it, yeah. Sooner or later, it's just going to pop open. Burst open, baby. Burst open. Yeah, they,
1: uh, they find ways to win. And, by the way, they're as good, good as their offense is, that bullpen – has really come in. There, there was such a huge question about the bullpen five weeks ago, six weeks ago. And I'm not saying that they have the greatest relievers in the in the history of college baseball, but they have piecemealed it enough to win games and series.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I, I want to say that I want to believe that Joseph Menifee was not effective uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because he pitched so much on Friday. But he was very effective on Friday. Yeah. Uh, but Brad Rudis has been effective. Often. Cortez was effective. He's been effective, I think, the last two times he's been yeah. out there. Of course, Palish. So, maybe they don't have the one guy that you just absolutely know is going to come out there and shut everything down. But they've got a lot of guys that can come in in the right situation and do and, and be effective.
1: And they have a guy – pushing the right buttons at the right time.
2: He is pushing some good buttons. Coach has made some some really good moves. Um some moves again, maybe Menifee was just not ready yet. But uh the, the move made sense. The move made sense.
1: And sometimes you gotta tip your cap to the other player, right? Like sometimes it's just that guy's got it's is hot or that team is hot or in that moment they find lightning in a bottle. Um, but through nine innings This team is is gonna usually have the last punch. By the way, I want to complain that A and M, being the regional host, had to be visitors twice. I don't like. I I know that's the rule. I get it, but I I don't like it. They should have the opportunity to be the home team in their regional close things out.
2: Well, they would have been had it gone to a a decisive decisive game, and that's the way they do it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Not just here, right? Right. And the idea, I guess, is that, uh, is that it's yes, you're hosting, but you're not necessarily the home team, right? Because it's a you know national thing, and
1: but I think you've earned that right. Well, they're,
2: and they're going to say, well, you, what you earned was the right to host, and if there is a, a final game, you're going to host the final game. What I would say is I don't really have a problem with it because if my team is not hosting, I'm not, you know, I'm glad that sometimes. Sure. I'm
1: yeah. Here. Yeah. But it, while it makes sense, it's just hard for my eyes. Like, wait, we're batting first. Well, that's
2: true. I'll give you that. Cause it takes me a while to, okay. Remind myself that I got a, on my scorebook, which I don't really keep. I keep it on my own own Spiral Notebook, but yeah. I got to remember which page to go to.
1: Well, and then the people that would walk by, like, hey, six more outs. No, actually, nine more outs because we're the first team to bat. Yeah. <laughs> that was coming up quite a bit.
2: Well, if you haven't figured it out by the seventh inning, then – Maybe had a little bit too much beer. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> All
1: right, let's go around and say hello to the people out there. San Kamen behind the glass. Good morning to you, sir.
3: Good morning. So, not only has the SEC – Play for the Aggies been really good, but the SEC West in general, they everyone thought it was going to be a down year, and yet four four teams are in the Super Regionals, five five excuse me, uh, Richard says five five, um, but SEC West alone, Ar- or not not Arkansas, uh, Alabama and Mississippi State were the only two left out. LSU got knocked out in the regional final in the decisive game seven and then you've got the Aggies the Razorbacks Auburn and there's one more who is it Ole Miss Ole Miss there you go so crazy uh and and obviously Tennessee from the east but the SEC West was very very good and the Aggies came (laughs) out on top on that side
1: so what you're saying is just set it up right now for Tennessee versus A&M for the college world series championship right now let's just just fast forward it because
3: it would not be possible because oh, they're, they're almost, on the same yeah. side of the. you right. We'd have to go to get to the championship series. We'd have to go through Tennessee in like a regional format. I there in go Omaha. Through,
1: through, guess we have got to go through Tennessee.
2: Yep, it's not supposed to be easy. No, no, it is. By the way, the wife just texted me. Said, to "Point out we still don't have a baseball on the oh on the desk."
1: Sam, can you find a ba- I know I've seen a baseball in this building. Can you find a baseball? Or send somebody to go find a baseball?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll get there soon.
1: That's a, yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of a show. I get it. But if somebody can find us a baseball. I
3: don't know if it'll have the A&M with the Texas logo on Fine. it, but it might just be a SEC baseball.
1: Or get us a bat, batting yeah. helmet. I don't know.
3: We should have gone to the signing and got an A&M baseball. And- S- something that, that screams baseball.
2: Zane, come out here and just sit on the desk for the rest of the show. <laughs> Does that scream baseball? <laughs> He's a He screams baseball all the time. No,
4: I think he screams Dodgers, not baseball. Let, let's
2: just show the back of his head with that mullet. That oh, mullet kind of screams good baseball. Look.
1: That's a good look. Let's go to the news and social center. Anna Rosa Peterson took off for like six weeks. I know. Went all around the world. Said, I missed you guys while I was having fun.
4: I'm just the worst, aren't I? Yeah, I took a short hiatus. I was on a trip with my family in Florida, which was very nice, except for the fact that it rained every single day.
1: Which parts of Florida?
4: Um, so it's in a place called Sandblast. Okay. you probably never heard of it. It's about an hour and a half from Seaside, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but Beautiful. a neat little town. I wanted to try something new. So that, that was fun. Good bonding. It kind of felt like quarantine, though, yeah. due to the weather, which was interesting. Um, but I'm really struggling over here, guys, because... As you know, I'm a native Nebraskan, and I'll actually be in Omaha next weekend for my grandma's 80th birthday. We've had this trip planned for a while, and I'm really worried that I'm about to experience the worst FOMO of my life. Assuming the Ags make it to the College World Series, find a way able to. I know,
2: Granny. Let's go party at the game. Right? What's what's a FOMO?
4: FOMO, Fear of missing out. out. Do you not listen to the Word of the Week segment? Come on, Olin. Actually, I don't know if I've done that. That's Cap. Yeah, yeah, come on.
2: That is cat. <laughs> uh,
4: but I do have some news for us. Uh, right. If you haven't heard yet, we already talked about it yesterday, but in softball, A&M hired 12-year head, coach, head coaching veteran and four-time conference coach of the year, Trisha Ford, as the softball program's 10th head coach. Director of Athletics Ross Bjork announced this on Tuesday. Ford comes to Aggieland following a six-year stint uh, at the helm of Arizona State. Just a note from Coach Ford, she says, a&M is a place that is very special, and the core values of A M line up with mine, both on and off the field. I have been on the other side of the twelfth man. They are a fan base that is envied across the entire country, and I'm looking forward to seeing them at Davis Diamond. I'm excited to put an elite product on the field and to hit the ground running.
1: OBU, so. I think it was you who mentioned this yesterday. Like you, you think the hire is probably good, but you you just found like a, a Pac-12. Was it you who said that? Like you know, could Pac-12 coming to the SEC it was interesting. Um, because they haven't recruited this area. Did you say that to me or somebody no, else?
2: No, I wouldn't know enough about okay. softball. I have to admit I'm kind of ignorant. On I that. thought
1: you mentioned something to that case. But regardless. <clears throat> um,
2: it was probably Richard.
1: Maybe, maybe it was Richard. I don't even know if I talked to Richard yesterday. But that be, all being said, well, um, it's going to be – Look, I, I believe this program found the, the right person for the job.
2: Well, I believe in Ross Bjork. Yeah. And I do wonder what that's like when you're a coach and you get a phone call from whoever saying – uh. Oh, Would you be interested in Texas A&M? I wonder what that reaction is when you get the first, uh, you know, the initial call that's gauging your interest, what that's like.
1: I wonder how that works, by the way. Do you answer? Because, like, I see a number that I don't recognize on my phone. (laughs) It's going straight to voicemail.
2: Right. And I wonder if softball coaches have agents. Yeah. So then it's probably the agent.
1: The agent's calling, hey, Land. I'm in. I don't do, care what they're paying. How do you feel?
2: about Probably, I, I, I think it's probably a lot like when I got my call from Hunter Goodwin. You just jump up and say, what? What?
1: I'm there. Mine with Billy was more like, I don't think it's possible, but I'm intrigued. Let's talk.
2: Mm. <laughs> so you were more like the Jimbo
1: Fisher call. I was trying to find a way out. Like, I was like... I'm just a Jimbo Fisher, Yeah, like looking through my no, contract, no. like, is are there is there an escape clause here that I can go to Aggie <laughs> It worked. it worked out great. Anything else, Ana Rosa? Uh,
4: we got a couple responses to the topic you threw out. Okay. Sean and Brian says, I've been following the season, and I would say when they beat Mississippi State, I really started to believe. I believe so, that. Yeah. And then
1: That was towards the end. Yeah. I could see just... like really believing. Okay.
4: And then Steve in College Station says when Coach Loss was hired. Oh. Yeah. All
1: right. yeah. So, I I believed it was coming. I don't know if I believed it was going to be this this season this quickly. Um, A couple other ones. Ron says 1960. That's when he started believing. That's a long time ago.
2: I wasn't even born yet.
1: You weren't? Just kidding. All right, we'll continue this. I got some uh, SEC football to talk about when we come back. Right now we're talking about the Association of Former Students. Been around for 140 years. I'm actually going to meet up with uh, Porter later on today, Porter Gardner. Uh, who heads that up and uh, they've done such a wonderful job there Um, just uh, giving back to Aggies all around the world that's what they do uh, from the traveling Aggies to the tailgating to the muster to the class reunions to scholarships Uh, that's what the association of former students does they give back to Aggies and uh, this Aggie network is so strong you know it you've seen it Um, but that's what they do the why is to help out Aggies just like you so they have this new website out there uh, it's been out for a couple of months now. IamTheY.com, a collection of stories of Aggies all around the world where you can see how they've persevered, everything that they've gone through, and uh, where they are now. It's a short collection of stories. Got to go check it out. And pretty soon you can upload your story on there as well. It is IamTheY.com. IamTheY.com.
2: Have a little love on a little honeymoon. All right, it's Texas Aggies
1: Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's spoon. Jewelers here in the Rollo out. Insurance Studio. Which song is that one, OB? Oh, That's Alan Jackson. AJ. That's what we call him in the
2: hood. I was late getting my uh, earphone, earpiece in. So, uh, yeah, I think it's little bitty by little bitty. I think. So, we're,
1: uh, I have an SEC football question to ask you. Yes, sir. Um, But before that, let's go to Anna Rosa at the News and Social Center.
4: Yes. So, we have a question from Sutton and College Station. He asks, I was asked yesterday to explain gritty when I described Aggie baseball. Nuno and Obi, how would you explain gritty? For Aggie baseball.
2: Well, I don't know if I can explain it. I can give other other definitions and synonyms like, you know, tenacious, resolve. Yeah. Resilient, tenacious, tough. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> grinding. You know, just all those things, you know, uh, pesky.
1: So, according to Miriam, Webster Dictionary containing or like rough. No, sorry. I'll move on to the next one. Showing toughness and courage, harsh, uh, harshly realistic. Hmm. So uh, that's some some definitions. I'm sure uh, the Urban Dictionary's got a definition as well.
4: So. Oh, they do. What is the gritty's it? Gritty's so, a dance move. I, I really right, feel that, like I don't yeah. demonstrate, but no, I'm s- sure you've seen some of the players do Sam it. Sam did about. it the other day. Oh, okay, good.
1: In fact, Sam, would you like to show us again the way you gritty? <laughs> you think that's doable?
3: No, but I would rather if Richard behind me would gritty, but... He's
1: not doing
3: it. I don't think he is. No, he's 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 moved on. He's, he's no, too good for the show. He, no, he says no. Well, OB? Anna Rosa, why don't you do it?
4: I feel like I make should, a fool out of myself in on this show. Girls yeah. always <laughs> dance,
2: right? Girls are usually more... You should
3: go behind the desk and gritty.
4: You know, maybe I will, but um, maybe not, for not, right. You're on TV
2: with the people watching...
4: Stick around for a report. Oh, you
2: know, okay, I'm, I'm inviting both you and Kay to come out here and gritty.
4: <laughs> oh gosh, I don't think anyone wants to see that.
1: Hey, all right, so here's my question about football. Which SEC team? and it can be Has, team, is, my, is grittiest? Gr- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which SEC teams can make the biggest leap in 2022? OB, what say you?
2: Texas A&M. They, went, they only won eight games last year i expect them to win at least 10 and, and maybe more this year okay so i think they're going to make a big leap um which one do i think can make the biggest leap um i'm trying to remember the some of the um so the I'm, records
1: so i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna help you out here um because the the couple of schools that I, was I don't
2: see Ole miss making a big leap alabama i don't see making a big leap florida
1: Florida can make a big leap. They were two and six in conference play, six and seven overall. They're going to be better than that.
2: I, I would think so. They
1: were one of the teams I had on my list. The other one I had was South Carolina. South Carolina can
2: make you uh, usually better in the second year of a. There's, of but a they went coach. seven
1: and six. How much better can they be? Can they win nine games?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a good point. They can be better. I don't think they can win nine games. They I don't, don't even know their schedule, but I know they're going to play a And know they're going to play a better Florida team. They're going to play Clemson. They're going to play Georgia. So, right there, I've got them at best case scenario, eight and four.
1: It all comes down to quarterback play for, I think, most of these schools, right? So, the other school I had on the potential list, but then I look at their total record from last year, I'm like, maybe two more wins is LSU. How much is Brian Kelly worth this first year with a a different quarterback room? They went six and seven last year. Should have been five and eight because they should have lost the AM game. They They lost it, to be honest with you. They did lose it. But all that being said, so six and seven last year can. Is eight wins? Yes, pretty doable. Nine yes. Nine.
2: Yes, I mean, they're LSU. They're yeah. and and he can't. He he doesn't dance well, and he has a horrible Southern accent. I don't know why he's trying to play that game. But Brian Kelly's a good coach. He is a good coach. He's not a cuddly guy by any means, but he's a good coach, and they just typically have talent. Uh, I know they feel like they're going to be good in the offensive and def- uh, I think in the defensive line. I think they've got major concerns in their offensive line.
1: Yep. So th- they could absolutely win three more games this year. Auburn is not.
2: I don't see that.
1: I don't. I mean, I, and they're going backwards. I think. I think so. Okay, you've got Texas A&M. They can win three more games. I think so. Yeah, eleven wins is certainly possible with a bowl game. Mississippi State. They were seven and six last year. Maybe they can go eight and five. Maybe.
2: Yeah, I mean, they could, but take Charles Cross off that offensive line, and um, didn't they lose some receivers that were pretty good? I I,
1: I don't see them making a huge leap. They, I think they are who they, they are. They lost
2: some offense, defensive guys too.
1: Arkansas, I think they nine wins is, which was a great year for them. That's the best that they do. I don't think I don't I don't think they're a ten win team.
2: Um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very uh, skeptical about, about Arkansas. I think they had a great year last year for them, and uh, I just think it's going to be hard to duplicate that.
1: Here's one for you, and I don't know their schedule, but just thinking about what the perception of this program, Tennessee. They won seven games last year. I don't know their schedule, uh, but they're a team that most people believe the arrow's
2: pointing up. <laughs> it may be if you say can they win 8 games i say sure why not but um but i would i would think 8 games is pretty close to the ceiling for tennessee
1: well i think the ceiling we saw from Ken- kentucky last year that's the ceiling they went 10 and 3
2: yeah i don't see that happening again vanderbilt might be better well
1: they can only go up <laughs> they were 2 and 10 <laughs> well, 0 and 8 in conference play
2: yeah uh they might They might win four or five games.
1: And they lost seven in a row. That's not good. No. No, they should be better. You're right.
2: Second year under a new coach. So looking
1: at it, are we saying the team with the most... Upside. Upside is Florida, who went six and seven. So can they win nine games?
2: Yeah. I mean, they're in the East.
1: Or LSU, who won six games, right? Who do you
2: think would win when LSU and Florida plays? LSU. So then I'd say LSU. But I, I um, I, I would think the three teams with the most upside or most room to, to make dramatic improvement are LSU, Texas A&M, and Florida.
1: And Texas A&M because you go from— And A&M has
2: played both of those.
1: And by the way, I still think A&M's a 9-win team last year because the LSU game didn't happen in my eyes, and the bowl game. So really, they're a 10-win team.
2: Well, if they would have given the— The, the strip sack?
1: Uh, Or the uh, the the fumble on the punt. Yep,
2: game's over, and it was. I mean, to this day, I can't figure out how they didn't make that call. And then you got to do a better job defensively. But you know, uh, the guy did push off of Jalen Jones for the game-winning touchdown. But you should—it never should have come to that.
1: Uh, Kalachi Matt wants to make an appearance tomorrow.
2: Well, don't bring any kolaches. He said he won't, because I'm trying to avoid all that.
1: You and I need we need to get on the same page. We need yeah. to figure things out. I've
2: been doing better. Can't tell because I haven't been doing it long. But no, but you just told me see, two days
1: ago you weren't doing better. So no, but you've see, done better in, the, in those two <laughs> days. The
2: problem is if you put kolaches in front of me, I'm <laughs> going to eat them because I like them.
1: Yep, yep. Um, Kolache, Matt. Maybe you can bring a baseball for the. The desk, because <laughs> we don't have one right here. That's Sam's idea. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back with the Shereen Williams. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL. A little quarterback situation up in Cleveland. You've got the Cowboys uh, trying to re-sign some guys. We've got a lot more. It's tex Sags Radio.
2: I'm just trying to be
1: aware of my short story. They can hear you. Oh. oh, okay. Obi's talking about cutting a tree down. It Tech Sags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Do you ever chopped down a tree? No. Okay. No. I have not. Uh, have I actually? Wait, I think I did. I think I have. Yeah. Now they think about it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I, I I I don't do a lot of manual labor, but yeah, I've done that. Got a big axe and just just go to town on it. Them, yeah. Yeah. I've I've done it. Uh, we're going to be cutting down some facts here. On the this is a terrible segue uh, with uh, Shireen Williams on the BCSI hotline from Pro Football Talk, the Hall of Famer, our friend. Good morning to you, Shireen.
0: Good morning to you. How are you
1: doing today? We're great. We've missed you here on the show. I know you had some time off. Uh, welcome back. That's... uh. Let's talk a little Thank bit about you. this baseball team. Yeah. Have you been able yeah. to pay attention to what they're doing?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've gotten to watch the game. So it's they've been they've been exciting to watch. It's been fun and you know, Coach Swashnagel, I think, has come in and you see why they why they I get tired and none of us expected this. These are the most to me, these are the most exciting teams that you ever have and, and those are the ones that exceed expectations. You know, when you have those expectations you expect them to go in and, and win, kinda of like we did in football last year. And it's a little bit of a disappointment, although it wasn't a terrible season. But this team, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know that they would be that great. Um and and they just they've done it just game after game after game after such a slow start and they've come together. It's been amazing. And and to have all those transfers do what they've done in the time that they've done it truly is an outstanding coaching job on the staff part. Not just Coach Sloshnagel, Splosh, but the rest of the staff, too. Just amazing. It, it's been exciting.
2: <clears throat> All right. Um, how exciting is it to cover the Cowboys right now <laughs> when uh, they always have crap going on in the off season. It's never. I mean, now never. at the tight end, never. doesn't want to play? or Or, you know, what's going on up there now?
0: Yeah, you know, it is. You're exactly right, Owen. It's always something with this team, and here we are again with something else going on. It's been an interesting, maybe the the best word to use all season uh, with this team, with everything that's going on off the field. But, yeah, Dalton Schultz was a long-term deal, and he's not happy with the way the contract negotiations have gone on that long-term deal, and, and so he's going to express, his desire to have a new deal by not showing up to the voluntary work and it is voluntary so you know he's working out on his own you know he has signed the franchise tag but you never want to get hurt away from the facility either that creates other problems in and of itself but you know he's expressing his right to say I'm I'm not happy with where this is going I want a long-term deal and he has already signed the franchise tag so Mandatory minicamp, you know, he needs to show up for. and it's voluntary stuff, it's voluntary, and you didn't have to show up for it. So we'll see where this goes and what they can get done. They have until July fifteenth to get a contract extension done, if that's the way they want to go. Um, but but that's kind of where they stand right now is trying to get these deals done. And you know, it's been amazing. The Rams, doing what they've done, have been able to get Matthew Stafford. And Aaron Donald and sign all these free agents and you know, it's kind of I think what Cowboys say have expected of uh Jerry to do with the Cowboys is is some deals like that and some free agents is still be able to sign some of the big name free agents and it just hasn't happened. They they've managed their cap in a different way and, and gone a different direction ever since they signed Byron Jones for a fifty million dollars deal a few years ago. That's the last really big-name free agent they've gone after. They've done it a different way, and you can argue that it hasn't worked, and maybe it hasn't worked either way um, for them, but they need to find some way to get some better players uh, on their team to help them. I still think they're a few players away from being a contender in the year three.
2: I see Dalton Schultz as a really good receiving tight end that can't block at all.
0: That's the way I look at it. Yeah, well, and and I don't know that you're paying him any more than 10, I'm not paying him any more than ten million a year anyway. And you know, as little as they, you know, now maybe they use him more this year, but they don't use their tight ends like a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey. Again, maybe they will with Amari Cooper being gone. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not paying him more than ten million dollars a year. I don't think. And and if the Cowboys, I'm okay if he walks away after this year. And maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe they're thinking. We don't want to sign this guy to
1: a long-term deal. We're fine with one year, and, and we'll go and draft a free agency and find us another tight end. Shereen, uh, the topic that I hate but I can't get enough of, is weird is the Deshaun Watson story, even more revelations yeah. yesterday. I think uh, the New York Times had something about how the Texans enabled him. Just kind of explain everything that's going on and how that could affect uh, his, his new contract with the Cleveland Browns because I don't think they knew a lot of this information that's now coming out later.
0: Yeah, I'm a little surprised that the NFL has not placed him on the commissioner exempt list with everything that keeps coming out. And, you know, his best bet is to settle these cases, even if it's a million dollars a case, to to make them go away. Um, Because this is going to keep happening. I don't think this is the last case. I mean, they they keep popping up. And and what you can't get over, I mean, it's a heck of a conspiracy. If you think it's a conspiracy that, that all these women are playing along, because there's 66 now that we know for sure and maybe close to 100. And a lot of them aren't suing Deshaun Watson. So they have no, no reason to, you know, talk about the massage sessions or whatever. But let me just say this. Even if you say, oh, well, it, maybe it didn't happen or whatever. Teams set up massage sessions for players. They have male masseuses available to players so why if you're an NFL player and it's a rhetorical question of course do you go on social media to find masseuses and you use close to a hundred of them over a two-year period who aren't approved by the team I mean it, it, it's self-explanatory so of course some of this stuff happens so his best bet is to settle these cases and make them go away because we're going to keep getting story after story after story all into the season, and it is going to be a distraction. And I'm, you know, with what happened with Trevor Bauer in baseball, <clears throat> I don't know how much the NFL is going to feel compelled, maybe more compelled, to give him a long suspension. I've always thought it was going to be six to eight games when you look at it. And people say, okay, no criminal charges, the end of the it doesn't matter in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott and Ben Roethlisberger are the examples. They both had four-game suspensions. Uh, Ben's originally was six, reduced down to four. Um, and, and I'm sorry, Zeke had the six-game suspension, uh, and they were never criminally charged for anything either. And there's just one woman. So even though he sat out last season, that was not a suspension. That was... That was whatever it was, but it wasn't a suspension. He was paid, and he will get suspended. And I've always thought it was going to be in that six to eight game range, probably closer to eight, since Zeke got six uh, for one woman. I thought it was going to be in that eight game range, and now I'm wondering if it's going to be for an entire season uh, once their investigation is complete. And, and it could be, but this is going to be a. a there is going to be a. I mean, there, there is going to be a suspension, and, and then you know you wonder what happens with the cases, and they can always come back if some of these cases uh, <clears throat> play out in a certain way, and more information comes to light, or there are more losses. They could deliver a suspension and then come back and say, "Guess what? That wasn't enough," kind of like they did in the Ray Rice case. We're suspending you again. So the Browns knew all this, or should have known all this, when they traded for him so good luck to Cleveland and I know Houston's glad John McClain now that he's retired I think Deshaun probably ran him out of business but uh I, I know those riders are happy that, that Deshaun is gone even though they're having to cover some of it but in Cleveland now they've got this mess on their hands uh to cover for for maybe the next year this is going to go on a while
2: <clears throat> number one I blame the uh Texans all- offensive line for their quarterback getting beat up so bad that he had to get even more <laughs> massages than, than uh, and number, but number yeah. two is uh, how, how, how much you think Baker Mayfield is sitting in a corner laughing somewhere right now?
1: Well, they, they have to hold on to him, right? Shereen.
0: Yeah. He's still there right now. No one right. seems to know what's going to happen with him. And if, if you're in, if you're Baker Mayfield, you obviously want to go somewhere else, but now He's been through all the off-season program. How, how much luck is he going to have landing somewhere, going in learning the offense, being able to start? I just don't know that it's going to happen. He may be in Cleveland and may be the starter in Cleveland. And you know, he, as much as he hates the Browns, he may have to show up every day and really put in full effort and, and play well because he's playing for a contract for somebody else, not for the Browns, but. He has to play well to show all these other teams that, hey, I, you know, I'm I could still play. Last year was an aberration with the shoulder injury, and and, and I'm better. I'm good. And and so that, it, it's going to be an awkward situation if he has to stay in Cleveland, where we all know he doesn't want to stay, and say Deshaun's suspended for the year, and Baker Mayfield's their starter. Man, that is you talk know about soap opera. Uh, that's going to be some drama right there to watch. But that very well could happen because he is still with the Browns right now, and there is no signs that he is being traded.
2: Well, would you trade him when you don't know what should, uh, yeah, Sean I, Watson's it, it, what's going to happen
0: it, to him? It, well, exactly. And, and I think I would try to have some communication with him saying, hey, right now this is your best – and it is his best option. It's his best option to go – he needs to play somewhere. And I don't know if he could be the starter somewhere coming in so late. So the off-season programs—you have to learn a new. You remember Tom Brady? How how much trouble he had. Sometimes forget that, but when he the, those first two games in Tampa, he really struggled. That didn't look like a Super Bowl team. And he talked about learning a new playbook and the verbiage and everything that goes into it. It took a while. So do you think Baker Mayfield's going to go somewhere in July or August, learn his playbook and step step in in September and play? No. So at this point, the Browns may be his best situation where he can play and get a contract show everybody that the shoulders healed and that he may get all season to play and play really well and that's a good team he could lead them to the playoffs. and he's going to get a huge deal if he does that but that to me is right now is his best option and it's Cleveland's best option but I know he doesn't want to be there and I understand that.
1: Shereen, got about a minute left. Let's uh, close up with the NFC East in totality. Uh, is it harder than it was last year to come out of the NFC East?
0: Yeah, I think a little bit. Uh, all those teams have improved. I still think it's going to be between the Giants and Cowboys. Washington's defense still looks awfully good, but I think it's going to come down to Cowboys and Eagles. The Eagles, to me, on paper, are better teams, but the Cowboys have the better quarterback. Now, how much is that going to get them over the hump? We'll see. But I think it's going to come down to those two teams. Jalen Hurst plays well. I think the Eagles win
1: the division. There she is. I love saying that. It is Shereen Williams, Pro Football Talk. Thank you so much, Shereen. Let's talk soon.
0: Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you very much. I, uh, as I'm hanging up here with Shereen, I just noticed they're going to make a Joker movie part two. Hmm. Do you ever see the first one?
2: No. It's actually good. Um, it's
1: not a superhero movie. It's like a, I mean, there's no superhero in it. It's just a supervillain.
2: Never, never saw it. Um, Pretty good. I don't see a lot of movies anymore. And we used to, we used to go to the, the show all the time.
1: Yeah. I still haven't seen Top Gun. got to do that.
2: Yeah. I, 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 me too. I haven't seen it. All right.
1: Right now, talking Heritage Anna films. Rosa looks like
2: she wants to see it too.
4: You know, I actually am set to see it tonight. So I still haven't seen the first one though. So I need to do my homework before oh, I see the oh, new one tonight. i have never seen Top Gun. I'm the Gun. worst.
1: It's the, the I'm worst. I'm exposing myself yeah, constantly. That's just terrible. All these kids haven't seen Top Gun, which... When I watch it with my boys, they're like, this is terrible, Dad. Why are we watching this? This is not good. <laughs> All right, uh, we're talking Heritage films right now. I haven't seen Part 2, by the way. They, I, I think they do want to see that. Uh, could you imagine a Heritage films about the Joker? That would be really awkward. But let's just say if that was a possibility, Chance McClain would do it. He'd find out how the Joker became the Joker if he fell in a... Um, The the, whatever, that substance that changed his face, or if his dad cut his mouth open, how he got that smile, whatever it would be, Chance would find the story of it, the pictures, the video, all to match of it, and uh, he'd have himself a Heritage Films. And that's what you can do as well. You can get yourself a a documentary about your dad, your boss, your uncle, somebody important to you, even yourself to leave for your family. So they've got the family origin story on a DVD, on a USB, and a two-hour movie-style uh, documentary. Uh, it's got the music, the lights, the camera, you name it. That's all that happens with Chance McClain and his awesome staff there at Heritage Films. The website YourHeritageFilm.com YourHeritageFilm.com 713-893-8341 713-893-8341 David well, look look Who's that singing?
2: Jackson Brown.
1: Jackson Brown, J.B. We call them in the streets. It's uh, from
2: the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
1: Oh, that's right. Great movie. I enjoyed it. Full scene was good. Yep. All yep, right. Uh, yep, yep, let's yep. go to the news and social center. Uh, Anna Rosa Peterson, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the word of the day.
4: Yes. So today's word, you've probably heard it uh, because it's taken on a completely new meaning now, but it's soft launch. So I'm sure you've heard it in a corporate jargon yeah. way of releasing a product. Um, but a slow introduction of it um, that is not yet ready for formal promotion or widespread consumption. Uh, but it has taken on a completely new meeting in the dating, young dating world. So Soft launch. Yep, soft launch. That's kind of a thing. And basically, you're describing your significant other on social media in a discreet way. Um, this is mainly used by girls because, let's be honest, for the most part, guys don't really care about what other people think when it comes to posting on social media and what are talking about I know plenty gather. of
1: guys that like they love to post everything that they do, every game that they go to, every thought that they have. Well, when they go to the restroom, they do a selfie. I, of course they do.
4: Well, then maybe they could use this too, but uh, I would translate this to be the boyfriend reveal but in in a discreet way. Um, In contrast, there's a thing called hard launch, which is the explicit announcement of a romantic relationship. So this could be a post on social media with maybe a sentimental caption with you and your significant other, as opposed to the soft launch, which is maybe just a post on your story, and it's kind of mysterious, and you may not be able to see their face in it because it's a soft launch. Having fun at dinner. Yeah.
1: Blurry face. Yeah,
4: or maybe hands being held in a picture but who's the hands like there's the mystery so (laughs) that is um something that actually exists and people care a lot about it he's got some thoughts
1: i can see it well i really you know
2: here's the deal i get in trouble with the bosses a lot for what i say on yeah it's so i'll just avoid anything regarding a soft launch or a hot or a hard launch oh gosh especially when we're talking about romantic things so i'll just keep the the launches to myself.
4: It's a good thing this segment's just about over, isn't it, There's, David?
1: My phone's ringing in 543. Hold on, let me take this. <laughs> Billy? Hey, let me call you back. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Trust me. I, I my just phone. said
2: I'd keep it to myself.
1: All right. Thank you, OB. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to
2: launch myself right out yeah.
1: of here. Yeah, all of us. <laughs> the FCC's coming for us. Appreciate you, OB. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to John Lopez. Good old Aggie there in Houston. Boomer White joining us at 9.35. And then at 10 o'clock, a couple of the recruiting guys here together. Jason Howell's here. Ryan Broniger is here. Camps are beginning. They're here to talk all about that. We'll have that. Plus at 10.35, we will have Kendall Rogers. Why did I get so excited when I said that? Uh, we'll have that and more. It Tech Tex-Ags Radio presented by Dave.